All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. 1 Corinthians 12.11 and 12.27. Will, I hope I'm not messing, I'm still in your, still in your... And um, again, welcome to Redstone, and uh, we are about to finish up a, a series that we have called Who's in Charge, or Who Runs the Church, or something like that. So anyway, um, this will be our last kind of uh, stab at understanding church government and those types of things. Hopefully, it's been it's stimulating. Uh, conversations at home and then hopefully in your community group and those types of things so we really hope that it has been helpful and again just so that we can all kind of grapple with this idea that it's Jesus's church and Jesus's rules and we can't make up our own rules we have to follow him and so hopefully that has been uh, the case there. Uh, I do want to let you know that next week we're, we're starting a new series, um, and it's, it's, the, it's the whole month of May, and for, this will be our third year where we've stopped and focused on missions for the month of May. So we just, around the office, we just say May is for missions, and so we're just, we're, we'll spend four whole weeks just talking a lot about what missions is and, and how it is expressed at Redstone Church. We'll bring in, we'll continue to do more interviews like what you saw this morning, so that we will just get a, just a, a grander or a bigger picture of what God is doing around the world and around our globe and those types of things. So it will be really, really good. Uh, one other thing, as far as practically, um, on May the 20th, uh, we do a Barb's event. So if you've been around uh, Redstone a while, I think this is the third, maybe even the fourth year, where in May we just we rent out uh, or we, do, we just uh, provide Barb's for everybody. Um, but uh, again, at the office, we've started asking the question, what is the purpose of that thing? And so we've repurposed and we've wanted to bring a little bit more purpose to that event. So on May the 20th, directly after our worship service, we're going to have the Barb's event. Barb's will be catered. We're going to have lots of blow-ups and, you know, the jumpy houses and those kinds of things. It will really be a family day. But because May is for missions, we really want to empower you with a strong question. And we want to just challenge you with something. Um, we, we are going to ask from now until May the 20th for you to write in, on your bulletin or on your connect card. For you to write three names on, on your, or inside your bulletin. And we want you to ask yourself, who are the people in my life that are far from Jesus or far from community? And who are the people in my life that are either far from Jesus or far from community that I can actually begin to invite to be a part of our, my worshiping community or my faith community? And so we're just, we'll just continue to drop that and put that challenge out to you guys. And so whether you're, you're in middle school or elementary school, your mom, dad, or grandpa, you know, it doesn't matter to us. But if you know someone that's far from Jesus or far from community, we would encourage you to invite them, especially that day, because it is, it'll be just a great day. It's one of our favorites. Uh, we like to party. We like to celebrate here at Redstone. So, so that will be great. Uh, one other thing that you've never, uh, that you haven't seen before is you've got one of these it's uh, color by numbers this morning all right so uh, this is for everybody I personally hate it but you know I thought you know let's just try it once I don't want to be held accountable for it but you've got fill in the blanks if you're OCD and I just take a tangent and you don't fill out half of this 
Um, I'm sorry, I'll give you my notes and you can fill them out later. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take a stab at that. So first and foremost, who runs the church? Here's a, here's a quick summary. Uh, this is a trick question, so if you answer it too loudly, you might be wrong. Who is the lead pastor of Redstone Church? Oh, you got it right. So first fill in the blank here. Jesus is our senior pastor. All right, in Matthew, it tells us that Jesus, Jesus quotes, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus is the lead pastor of our church and every other church. The Great Commission says that all authority has been given to me. All power, authority has been given to Jesus. And then Jesus allows us to have that expressed. All right, so then, so we, we, we talked about Jesus, how he runs the church. And then we saw that he then looks at certain men. He has appointed or, or he has, he's put aside certain men called elders or pastors or overseers or bishops, all right? And these are men uh, that are called by God to, to, to pray and to study and to do all kinds of things. Uh, the, the things that we, uh, for, as far as Jerry Williams and myself, what we want to spend a lot of our time, if not most of our time, is how to feed and how to protect and how to guide the flock. That is our, that is our main uh, job description, is to feed you with the word, to protect you from false teachers, and then to guide you with some type of vision, and especially a vision that is, is aimed for the kingdom. And so that's what elders do. These are men who are called out by God to lead the church. And we see this in, in the New Testament. First and foremost, the apostles would go into a town. And then the first thing that they would do is they would raise up or they would call or they would appoint elders of the church. A season would go by, right? And that, that weight of ministry would, would get too heavy. And so then the elders, the second step would always be to then look for people to help offset some of the weight of ministry. And that is the office of deacon, okay? And so we have Jesus who is running the church. He then gives uh, the, the vision and the guiding and the teaching principles to, to the elders. And then the elders then appoint or then uh, um, uh, appoint deacons. And deacons uh, simply means to serve right? And so that's, that's what deacons mean. It, uh, if you just look at the original, it simply means to wait on tables, all right? So that's what, that's what deacons do. Deacons serve. Um, they're not in a, 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 like a, um, a, an authority role. Um, they're not in a, necessarily, they don't, they don't run the church, but they are an essential piece of, of our body is our deacons. And this last season, uh, we've known that we need, as far as elders, we need to start appointing deacons to, to help out with, uh, with the ministry. And so this last season, we have uh, looked at um, Bruce Colson and Karen Trigg to truly to come alongside us to help in what we would consider one of the most essential uh, ministries for our help is our counseling needs or our, to help with the community care of our, our body. And so if you're, you find yourself in a hard place or a hard season of life, you're going to want somebody to come alongside you. And so we've asked Bruce if he would, if you're, if you're a guy in here and you just need some help, you need somebody to walk alongside you. We've asked Bruce to come alongside men of, of our body and he's training other guys to do the same thing. 
Similarly, if you're a female in here and you need another female just to walk alongside with you, that's what we've asked Karen uh, Trigg to do. And so these, these are people, these are our deacons to help us serve. Um, a lot of us um, come from a background where the, there was a deacons or, or deacon board that was in charge of the whole place. At Redstone, we don't have a deacon board and you know, they're, they're not necessarily running the place. We have elders and, and, and the elders run, you know, run the church. And yet we know and we think it's essential to have deacons to come and help serve or simply to come out and to help us. Uh, last week, we talked about the congregation, right? So we're just kind of continuing to move on. And this congregation is that there's something unique and beautiful that happens when we all gather. We come, came across this word called ecclesia, right? It's a big, fancy, kind of crazy word, but it simply means the gathering ones or the assembly or the congregation. And something beautiful happens when we get together because we do something together that we cannot do apart. Right now, we're all sitting. I mean, y'all are sitting, I'm standing. But we're sitting together and then we stand together. And in a kind of a strange way, we need to see that as a visualization. We actually need to sing off the same sheet of paper, right? So that we can lift our voices up to the Lord together. We need to bow and pray together. We need to take the Lord's Supper together. We need to be underneath God's word together. And this is a beautiful, a beautiful thing for us. And so who's in charge? We know that Jesus is in charge. He then allows pastors and, and, and teachers to come. And then they appoint servants who are called deacons. We understand that the corporate body is really important. And then lastly, this is our last week, we're going to talk about you as an individual. You as a person, a you who is made uniquely in the image of God. And so we've drilled all the way down from Jesus all the way to everyone that's seated in a black seat this morning, which is really, really amazing. We're going to talk about you because the kingdom of God, you know, we need you. Um, the kingdom of God needs you. And there's no bones about that. Just the idea that throughout the scriptures, when you are infused with the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit seals you, he empowers you to do great things. We don't understand this because the scripture tells us that we were dead and now we are made alive. It really is amazing, but God said, no, he's going to work through individuals just like you. If you are a middle schooler in here, Right? If you're an elementary school student in here and you know that Jesus lives in you, the Holy Spirit has empowered you and he has great things that he wants to do in you and through you. Same thing with high school students and same things with college students, single moms, married students, grandparents. It doesn't matter. He wants to work through us. So quite frankly, this is the phrase here. Um, do your job. Right? So do your job because we all have a job to do. We all have a job to do. 
Uh, one of the most famous um, NFL uh, coaches right now, his name is Bill Belichick. Everyone says, boo, Bill Belichick, he's a bad guy. You know, those types of things. Okay, let's put all the politics aside. Let's just talk about him as a coach. He has, I mean, he's just far, I mean, just, he's not only just the most famous, but he's just a well dec- decorated and those kinds of things. He's amazing. Well, he coined this phrase about two uh, decades ago. He looked at his, his football team. 55, 57 players, something like that. He looked at a room of football players and he simply started staring at them and simply going, do your job. And then he would look to a punter and he would say, do your job. Cornerback, do your job. And he would just say it over and over and over, just unapologetically, do your job. He wasn't talking about the team. He, he, he drilled everything down to you as a unit, as a person, whether you had a lane to run in or had some kind of edge rush that you were responsible for. You always knew exactly what you were supposed to do. And with 11 people on the field at the same time, all doing their job at the same time, he thought that that would be a winning formula. Well, two decades later, we, could, we know that that is a winning formula. Jesus has said something very similar many, 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 many millennia ago. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus says that we are all gifted with this thing called a spiritual gift. We are all, if you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, he comes and he empowers you with the Spirit to do something remarkable. The problem with today's Christianity is that you and I, We have lost this idea that we have a job to do. And so because of that, we have abdicated our responsibility. We have pushed our responsibility onto someone else. Quite frankly, you think it is my job to do the work of the ministry or elders' jobs to do the work of the ministry or maybe the staff at the church to do the work of the ministry or other professionals to like Wonka and Courtney for them to do the work of the ministry. That's not what the New Testament says. The New Testament says that we all have a job to do and we all have something to contribute to the kingdom of God. But we haven't just abdicated the responsibility. For some of us, we've just become pretty just lax about it all. We've just, we just don't care at all. And so apathy is our demon where we just simply we don't care about ministry and so maybe you understand that you have to job or you have an essential place in the kingdom of God but you've just grown apathetic and you just you've you've refused to step up and to do your job that's a part of the kingdom again the Holy Spirit has indwelled us and given us all a gift of the Spirit to do something remarkable and supernatural. We all have a job to do. Some of us in here have spent 10 times, maybe 20 times, maybe 100 times more energy thinking about the way we are going to spend our money on ourselves rather than to leverage money for the kingdom's sake. So many, so many of us have spent 10 times, maybe 20 times, maybe 100 times more energy 
thinking about how you are going to, to, to do a sales pitch rather than thinking about how every word is to honor Jesus with, with your life. All that to say is we've become apathetic. We have forgotten that we are the ambassadors. We are the workmanship, Ephesians 2 would say. We are God's workmanship for his sake. You matter and we really need you, uh, not just Redstone, but the kingdom needs you to do that. And that's what's so beautiful about kind of the organic that has happened in the last 20 years. This idea that maybe, just maybe, we're becoming a little bit decentralized, where maybe we're not following guys like me and just doing what guys like me tell you to do. Because we understand that, that we all have a part to play in, in God's kingdom. And that's why yesterday was so amazing. Yesterday, there was a group of middle schoolers that got together and they went hiking and there was a group of sponsors, youth sponsors, that got together to take them. And so a bunch of smelly, B.O., because I smelled mine, a bunch of stinky middle schoolers and a couple of stinky sponsors went and hiked all day. And they went to a waterfall and they stood underneath the waterfall and they took great pictures and those kinds of things. That idea didn't start with me or Jerry or the staff. That started with some youth sponsors who have a heart for young people and said, we need to do something active. It's a beautiful day. Let's go hiking. And so they went hiking and it was a beautiful thing. Again, it wasn't a top-down approach. It was uh, what, can I, what do I have to offer approach? And they simply took these kids hiking and it was awesome. I've seen the pictures. My favorite picture is where the group was sitting there at the falls and one of their leaders was talking about living water. Not just real water, but how Jesus is our living water. This is truly an amazing picture. Or maybe a picture that a community group found out that their, one of their neighbors' home had burnt down. And so instead of coming to the office or coming to the elders, they said, what should we do or what can we do? And so the community group gathered together. And they put together food and clothing maybe even a little money to bring the salt and light and energy into people's lives. And that's what happens and that has changed lives over and over and over and over. The Elizabethan community group, they're not asking permission, but they're going to other ministries in Elizabethan. This last week, they went to a ministry called TLC and they toured the facilities not just to be educated on what it is, but wondering, wondering. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants our, our community group to join theirs. Again, that's not a top-down approach. This is just the Spirit of God living inside us and we believing that it is our job to be a part of the, the ministry. We have a job to do and the, and the, and the job is to, to go forward and to be um, uh, God's ambassadors. And so 12... If you've got your Bibles, we only printed a couple of verses because we knew that it was, um, it was too much to, to print all of this. So if you've got your Bibles, I hope that you do. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and following. First Corinthians 12, starting in verse 4, it says, Now there are varieties of gifts. All right, so the first thing we need to know about these spiritual gifts is that they, they vary in size and shape and color, okay? Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
All right, so there's a variety of them, and yet there's a unifying aspect to it. So if you're filling in the blank, blanks, just, just realize that there is a variety, right? But there's also, there's unity at the same time. So the, these gifts, they're varying, and then they're unified. And we see that here in verse 4. Now, there are varieties, varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Now, we're going to see it again in verse 5. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. You see that mantra? It's, it's complex, and yet it's unifying. It's varying, yet it's the same. And then verse 6. And then there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all to everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So every one of these, each one for the common good. For to one is given the Spirit of the utterance of wisdom. All right, so that's just one thing that could happen. You could have the utterance of wisdom. And the other, the utterance of knowledge. So there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge, and both are going to kind of come forward. And the other, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit, and yet you understand whether you have the gift of wisdom or of knowledge, it comes from where? The same spirit. So it's, it has a variety to it, but it's also very, very similar because the source is the Holy Spirit. And that's why we call them spiritual gifts, because they have at their source the Holy Spirit. The other, faith by the same Spirit. To another gift of healing by the one Spirit. You see the mantra over and over and over. So whether it's gifts of healing Right? Or faith, verse 10, the other working of miracles to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of those tongues. Verse 11, circle it, maybe even memorize it. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit. That's why they're called spiritual gifts, because they are empowered. The source, no matter what you have, whatever God, whatever God has given you, they come. They are empowered by the, the exact same spirit who apportions, now there's a hard comma here, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. You and I need that verse this morning. That's for you and I is that God is doing something remarkable in your life. He's actually doing something supernatural in your life. He who appoints to each one individually as he wills. At some point in creation, he looked at you and he appointed you a gift. And he says, that's of my choosing. Your mom may have chosen your name. It's a good name, right? Your heavenly father gave you a spiritual gift and it's according to his purpose and his wills. For many of us, we have not taken verse 11 seriously enough. We haven't honored God by, by doing research in our own hearts and understanding the scriptures to see exactly where we fit in. But the fact is that God has given graciously to all of us. If you're, he, if you're here and you know Jesus lives inside of you, that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, guess what? He's looked at you and he's branded you, right? He's given you a something valuable to give to the kingdom around us. And it really, really is amazing. 
If you want to know more about spiritual gifts, uh, know that we can have a conversation, but you do probably need to write in your, in your margins. Uh, there's also a chapter in, cha- in Romans, Romans 12, and also Ephesians 4. These are really, really good uh, chapters to read and those types of things. The, one, the only reason I reference those two chapters is because there's a phrase in those two chapters that talking about spiritual gifts that I think is, is, is essential in our conversation. It says, and to each a measure of grace has been given to him or her. And to each of us, and here's the little, the phrase, the measure of grace has been given to us. That's a crazy little phrase. So there's like this, this, this um, proportion of grace that is given to each of us, but it's in a portion that's different from everybody else. So like there's not this blanket idea of grace, but he's looking to us as individuals and going, you, I think you look like you've got the gift of mercy and that's just a little different than this idea of healing or teaching or knowledge or wisdom. And to each of us, we get a unique portion of grace given to us, a unique understanding of grace, each and every one of us. The kingdom of God is, I mean, truly, like, we have what it takes. And I think that's what today is all about, is to, to rally us up as a, as, a, as a group of individuals that you have what it takes to be a part of kingdom purposes. You don't have to rest on guys like me. Just because I spend 40 or 50 hours a week doing this does not mean that it's my job or it's our job. Just imagine what we could do If we took verse 11 seriously, that the Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit has given each of us. It's amazing. It really, really is. And so God has given different gifts to different people. So each of us has something different. Every football team, going back to Bill Belichick, every football team needs specialists. The quarterback is not the punter, right? The punter is not the left tackle. The left tackle is not the running back or the linebacker. We just all need each other. And the same line with coaches. Inside the coaches, there's specialists inside them. And inside there, there's equipment managers. You can kind of see that all of it kind of works together. And that's why I think this passage directs our attention to the idea of the body. The image here is is the body, that we are complex, and yet we understand that we're all held together um, uh, very similar. And so each of you have a gift. And so let's just keep going. Verse 12 and following. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So he's moved on to a second argument here. Just as in one body there are many members. So there's, even though we're all together, we know that there's more variance there. Verse 13 and following. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free, and all were made to drink of the same spirit. And so I'll just stop here and and simply say that um, it's important to us that you become a member of the one body. Um, It's important for you to find a church home and for you to say, that's my church home. 
Um, we don't talk about this a whole lot. In fact, we're really, really bad at this. Uh, after four and a half years, we're really bad at this. Um, this afternoon, we're going to do a thing called Starting Point, which is a great first step to understand our story. So if you're new here, just know that we're going we're gonna to buy lunch uh, after service. Come, uh, come find us. We'll, we'll, we'll buy you lunch and tell our story. I think there's 20-some-odd people that are coming. It'll be great. But the reason I say we're really bad at this idea of, hey, um, it's one, of, um, one of our desires is for you to become a member of our body, is that last fall, we had a starting point. And we haven't done anything with these people that have attended starting point. So if you attended last fall, we're so sorry. We've dropped the ball. And so you're like, well, I guess they'll come back to us at some point. We're trying our best. This, thing, this idea of assimilation and trying to become a part of our body, that's, that's it's a little bit of a work in progress. But we see here that they're just as the body is one and has many members, it's important for us, even though that we're not vocal with it, in our hearts, we really do want to know who you are. And we want to know that if you are here, that you are a part of us. And it's important that if you call this church home, that you become a member. And we're going to do a little better job saying that or being a little bit more articulate in that, in that direction because it really, really is important. Um, there's a couple of objection, objections real quick on membership that um, we don't live necessarily in a kind of a church culture that pushes this and we understand that like why in the world should I um, become a member aren't I a part of am I not just a part of the universal church which is true it really is true but remember Jesus when he's talking in Revelation he's talking to the churches of Laodicea and Thessalonica and Ephesians he is talking to specific bodies of believers. So yes, he is the head over all the body, and yet he is in a unique way the head over this body. It's important. Um, in the same way, Paul, when he's writing this letter, guess who he's writing it to? He's writing to the church of Corinth here. And so we know that it's, it's important for us all to understand that. Um, we understand uh, that it's, it's important, and so we want to continue to push out on that. But here's some reasons why it's, it's, it's good to be a member, all right? Number one, uh, the first reason why it's good to be a member is that uh, you know who you got. And so that's just on us as leadership. We just know who we are responsible for. Throughout the, um, throughout the New Testament, it says for us to lead or for us to guide or for us to protect the flock. We just need to know who you are. And so it's important for you to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm yours. We're a part of this. It's not just home. This is family. It's not just family. We're, we're, we're all in. And so it's important for us to know who we've got. And so that's why in the, in the New Testament, we talk, it's, it's talked about your church family or a flock or here, the body. These are all hol holistic images where we go, okay, we know them by name. Also in the New Testament, we know that there are elections. People are taking attendance. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that give us a tip to, to the hat that, that these leaders knew who they were responsible for. Simply put, I am, when I go to heaven, I will not be responsible for every believer in Johnson City or Tennessee or the world. How Jesus looks at me and Jerry and, and other leaders or elders to be is that we are responsible for our flock. And so that's when we, when we pray, 
we pull out our list of people. And so it would be great to pull out the telephone book. Are there such a things? It would probably be okay to do that, but we don't. Instead, we pull out our list of people. And so we want to know who we've got so that we can pray for you and that we can lead you. And when you start veering off, we can come back and help and, and those types of things. Um, unfortunately for you and I, we're, we're living in a culture of choices. And we can do whatever we want to whenever we want to. And um, Netflix has not been very helpful in this regard. Where we can start a movie and just end it within 10 minutes. Or we can just flip among literally thousands of choices. Um, Netflix is a terrible way to do your relationships Um, it's important for you to find a home and call it home and say that's home to stop drifting and just say that's home the good, the bad and the ugly, that's home it's important I don't know why but it's good for our hearts to know this this isn't just legalistic, but just, just the realization that, that it's important. And we get a reason for that in verse 25. It says, verse 25 says, and there may be no division in the body. This idea that we are just, we are one. And this is how it ex- expresses itself. But the members, this is us, But the members may have the same care for one another. We know who the one another is so that we can care for the one another is. If one member suffers, they all suffer together. If one member suffers, we all suffer. If one member is honored, we all rejoice. It is important that when you are suffering, that we are able to walk alongside you and suffer with you. It is not good to suffer and is not good to cry all by yourself. It is not good to celebrate and it's not good to laugh by yourself. It's good to cry and it's good to celebrate with other people. And that's what this passage is saying. It is not good to be alone. And so some of us are in really, really hard seasons of life. Really hard season. We've had tumors taken out. Right, Ms. Kathy? We've had cancer. We've lost babies. We need to cry with others. Some of us have job promotions commissioned out maybe hear the voice of God call us to the mission field we need people to celebrate with us it's not good to be all alone and so when we cry it's good to cry together and when we celebrate we need to celebrate with one another we need this variety that we see in verse four. There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. I was a minister on a college campus for many years and then went on to a camp ministry. And I was able to walk with people who had the same passions as me 
And I was able to minister to people that look very, very similar. The beauty of God's family, this variety here, is that we don't get to pick and choose who sits next to us. There's no niche market when it comes to the family of God. So right now, you may have a widow next to you. That's a beautiful thing. You may have a kid kicking you in the back of the seat, right? Driving you, well then, calm that kid down. That's a good thing to feel the kick on the back of your, your chair. You may have someone that smells a little differently than you or looks a little bit differently than you, a different socioeconomic than you. And so the, the challenge here is the reason that we're we're here together is that we're all varieties under the same roof and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Sometimes ultra conservatives, right, and their political beliefs need to sit next to someone who's really liberal. I don't understand it, but sometimes that's a good thing. Some of us who work office jobs and wear ties and suits Some of us need to go and serve a meal to those who are less fortunate. I don't know why it's good, but it's it's good. The variety is a gift from God. It's a gift to you and me this morning. One last thing and I'm done. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, the whole body were an ear where were the sense of smell but as it is God arranged the members in the body each one of them as he chose if all were single member where would the body be as it is there are many parts yet one body y'all we need your gift without your gift we would all lose out Some of you right now are saying, I just, I don't matter. I don't matter. So no person in God's body can say, I do not matter. 1 Corinthians 12 says that you matter. God has apportioned you a specific gift for his sake. We need all of you. We need you all to participate because we're missing out on your gift We're losing out by not seeing you flourish the way the Holy Spirit has indwelled on you. So I would encourage us all to understand that our purpose, it's not all, just because you're an ear, doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with an ear, even though they're big like mine, right? Just because you're a nose, doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with a nose. We need to smell fresh, freshly made cookies or barberitos. Well, that's a good thing. Don't reject your gift. Hold on to it because we need you. Because we need to see how you see the world. 
And we need to hear how you hear the world. And we need to touch the way that you feel the world. That's what it means. What your gift is truly matters to the body. It matters to the kingdom. Let's pray. And so Jesus, as we walk along each other and take communion together, help us to enjoy this meal. Help us to enjoy a meal around people that are not like us, who are gifted in different ways. That is, that's not bad. That's amazing. Jesus, I pray now for our own hearts because many of us feel that we don't matter or that we do not belong. I pray that you that you combat that with your Holy Spirit and say, no, you have purpose and you have, have dignity and you have worth. If you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, if Christ Jesus is living inside of you, he has given you purpose and dignity and beauty for the sake of his kingdom. I pray now that as we take this meal together, that we'll take it in unity, different parts, many parts, one body. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Okay, I'm gonna have you guys stand up. Um, you guys have, if you're new to Redstone, we take uh, communion every single week together. And so if, if you're a guest here, uh, we would encourage you to come and enjoy a meal together. Uh, we'll have men all around the room and I'll be up front uh, serving as well. But this is the body of Christ Jesus given for you and his blood poured out for us so that we would know life. And so the body of Christ comes together and we take this meal together. And so whenever you are free to, to or you are free to come and partake of this meal together whenever you see fit. So come and, and receive Lord's Supper.